Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Jola, for that prayer, leading us in prayer and worship. It's been a wonderful day here as well. Um, so tonight we're going to be continuing in the series, um, releasing the inherent power of the inner man or the power inherent of the inner man through prayer. And we've had an amazing amazing installment from Pastor Peace. Um, last week was amazing, um, you know, learning about CAPS. Uh, and then two weeks ago, where Pastor took us on a very energetic um, introduction into who the inner man who our inner man is, and then um, such the the foundational principles of of prayer, of prayer. It was really amazing, and the prayer sessions as well. And today we're just going to be um, moving further on this on this subject of prayer, and you know, the releasing the latent power, inherent power, resident in our inner man through prayer. Uh, let's let's bow our head and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father, for your word that is coming to us tonight. Thank you, Father, because latent in your word or resident in your word is strength to convert, um, strength to convert, strength enabling, strength empowering, strength. Latent in your word, resident in your word is also graced by your spirit. And so, Lord, we declare that as we all camp around your word tonight, Father, we declare that we receive strength. Thank you, Father, because we receive grace. We are edified. We are strengthened. We are lifted. We are changed and transformed by the power of your spirit in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Um, just before we start, I'd like to thank again Pastor Dami for his stellar leadership. Um, He's such a servant leader, you know, how that the Bible says that David led with skill and with integrity of heart. And Pastor Dami, you know, just exemplified that almost, almost perfectly, um, perfectly. He does that. He does that so well. He has so much skill, con constantly searching for ways to pastor us better and to lead us better. And he also serves with such integrity of heart. Thank you so much sir, for, for the privilege um, to teach tonight and to the OBS team as well. Thank you. Thank you for your excellent work. Um, and servanthood um, over this amazing um, assembly. Um, to my company of pastors as well and to leaders, I celebrate each and every one of you. Um, yes. So let's 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 go into the word tonight. Can we still hear me? Can everyone still hear me? I think I want to just pull up Telegram here so I can see. Okay. Okay, okay. So um, tonight uh, there's no there's no title because I just remember that Bible study then in church is the series is part one, part two, part three, episode one, episode two, episode three. So the title of tonight's um, teaching is episode three of the teaching. Hallelujah. So there's no there's no title. Thank you. I can see this. Um, there's no title, but um, I believe that there are just a few key things that the Holy Spirit um, emphasized in my heart. Um, some he, 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 he showed me on Sunday while Pastor was teaching, um, and then some he showed me over the course of the week. 
and then and so we're going to focus on those they're just about four things four foundational things that i believe he, will, he wants to reveal to us tonight and then we're just going to talk about all oh, the things just a few things like three things that we should not do when we pray a praying believer or a believer that prays should not be found with these things should not be found doing these things and then we're going to go into a session of prayer like pastor mike said um this bible study series is actually a series of prayer meetings just with a just you know spiced up with a little with, with word hallelujah so we're just going to go ahead and pray uh, and pray and then and then close the curtains for tonight's meeting so um the first thing i just wanted i want i want to share with us is is that um when we think about the inner man you know the inner man is is the inward man so we know that um a believer is has three dimensions is his spirit you know he has a soul and lives in the body we know that that's like the foundation of you know christian doctrine right and then but within like pastor Dami shared two weeks ago within the inner man is actually within the inner man that all the possibilities of the christian life this way the life of god it's the inner man that carries that you know is the inner man that embodies or body body is actually body but he embodies the entire life he plays host the inner man plays host to the holy spirit to to the to the entire essence of the god kind of life so the life of god is resident in the inner man and it's supplied by the holy ghost the bible says in first corinthians 6 verse 17 that whoever is united with the lord is one spirit with him so the the inner man when you picture your inner man just think about your inner man as fused with the holy ghost he is one spirit he is joined with the holy ghost paul was using the 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 um the analogy of the man that sleeps on our lot joined as one body with her and he was using that same analogy and he was just transferring that same analogy and the same um, framework to our to the concept of being joined with the holy spirit so the inner man is joined with the Holy Spirit. We also see in Ephesians 3 as well, verse 16, how that the Bible was saying that, you know, out of God's glorious riches, it will strengthen us through with power through his spirit. So the Holy Spirit has his power. It's through that power that we are strengthening in our body. But it says that the Holy Spirit is in our inner being. So the inner, the, our inner man is is housing the Holy Spirit. And it's it's so huge. You know, understanding that your it's in your it's in your inner man that the Holy Spirit resides. Your inner man is 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 hosting the Holy Ghost, is able to is able is able uh, the Holy Ghost as um, as powerful as he is as as powerful as he is, he rests, he lives in your inner man. He lives in your inner man. And so when last week we were talking about the fact that there is, you have clarity, you have ability, you have possibilities, and there is strength. All of those things to infinite dimension is located and is resident within your inner man. Is, is, is resident within your inner man. So your inner man is has the fullest dimension of clarity. He has the fullest dimension of ability, strength, possibility, as allocated by the Holy Spirit, right? But we know that the believer also has a body and he operates on the earth. And so it introduces a gap where the experience of the believer on the earth sometimes is not in tandem or in alignment with the experience or the reality of the believer, the reality of actually what the believer possesses. Because the believer is someone whose spirit has been rebirthed, whose spirit has been reborn, whose inner man is alive and, and, and viable and full of possibilities and active, right? But we do not always see that come through that being translated into a believer's experience right and so that gap that gap between what a 
believer experiences and who he really is in his, in his inner man, like the title says, the power inherent in his inner man, that, that gap is breached by three legs. And the first leg is number one, the revelation leg, which speaks to, you know, the word of God and, you know, studying the scriptures and the revelation by the Holy Ghost. The second thing is the availing leg. Now, the availing leg is layered on the revelation leg to say that whatever has been revealed can only be availed by prayer. So if if you if anything has been revealed to you, the only way you avail it in your in your experience on the earth is by prayer. By prayer. There is nothing else that there is nothing that is being created. It's also it's only being availed. There's nothing that there is nothing that is there is nothing in the believer's experience or that a believer wants to exist that would God would just start furnishing and recreating. So what is happening is that is is only availing it through the agency of prayer. And the third thing is the alignment leg. Alignment just speaks to the believer's conduct and how he aligns himself. You know, the fact that and see that our 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 um, our text for today is is in Matthew Matthew six, where Jesus began to teach um, his disciples about prayer, and he began to talk about the fact that okay, don't be like the Pharisees that do this this way, don't do. But when you pray, do this. So those three factors might will come together. It's on those three factors: the revelation leg, the availing leg, and the alignment leg. It's upon that bridge that the gap that the gap is closed. That is the that is the those are the legs that actually bridge the gap between what a believer experiences on the earth and his fullest expression and his fullest essence located in his spirit man. Hope we're following. So when we read through Matthew 6, for example, um Matthew 6 from verse 5, uh, and I'm going to skip verse 5 to verse 8, and I'm just going to start from verse 9, where Jesus began to say that in this manner, therefore pray. And Jesus began to establish like a framework wherein a believer should pray. That for, for don't be like the Pharisees that used to pray anyhow before. Don't be like the Pharisees that used to, they are like hypocrites, they pray standing in the synagogue on the corners of the streets. I mean, and you will see why Jesus is saying that because he now said that, so in this manner pray. And he says, pray our father who art in heaven. So imagine that you have a father and then you are just walking, you want to, talk to your father you are standing on the streets like your father is inside the house but you go and stand in the middle of the lane in on the express and you are talking to god or um or yeah you, you just the the foundational relationship or the idea of god reinforced by jesus in the place of prayer is fatherhood and just like that bridge just like the bridge that we have the revelational availing and alignment leg or alignment legs of the bridge the idea of God as well as father has three dimensions as well. And those three dimensions we break into in the place of prayer, in the place of prayer, or we must carry that idea or that dimension as we, that, yeah, that idea, we go into the place of prayer. And the first one is intimacy. You know, most times, you know, when the Bible talks about in Romans 8, 15, how that, um, that the spirit that we have received through our adoption, that, that, let me just read it. The spirit we have received doesn't make us slaves so that we live in fear again. Rather, the spirit we have received brought about our adoption into sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. And so when we think about Abba, Abba, Father, because Abba is often loosely translated as Father. So Father, Father, it's a repetition. But actually, it's not repetition. 
you know, the idea of the fatherhood of God encompasses three things. First is intimacy. Bible says that anybody that is coming to God must first know that he is. And intimacy, it's, it's, it's the first thing. It's the first thing. So you must know who the, what is available to you in your inner man. That is intimacy. You must know God. You must know who he is. You must know the, the, the fatherhood of God. You must, know, you must know who he is. Prayer has to be layered upon knowledge. It has to be layered upon what your, who your inner man is, what you have in your inner man. And so last week, Pastor Peace was teaching us about the fact that there is so much capacity, there is so much ability, there is so much clarity. Your inner man is never confused. And understanding that element, the revelational dimension of, of, of these three legs that close the gap, let's actually makes prayer necessary for you it helps you see the necessity of prayer because when you understand what is available in your inner man you know that you 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 cannot but go into the secret place to pray to close some gaps most times people do not pray because they do not think that prayer is effectual they do not think that on the other on the on the, on the other side of prayer is result is output that when i go to god and i pray the bible says that he that comes to me must first believe that i am and then i am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me that when i come to him and seek him what i'm bringing out of the place of prayer is number one knowledge or what, whatever it is that i'm looking for that closes that gap I'm, I'm referencing Pastor Peace's message a lot because it just sends, it just lay, um, it just builds that foundation of the things that are available to us in our inner man. So when you go, when you're confused, and you do not think that there is clarity available in your inner man, you don't pray because you think that there is no clarity available in your inner man. You feel that prayer is a waste of time. You're you're weak. You don't go and pray because the, there is something wrong with that revelational leg. There is something wrong with that revelational leg. You don't believe that when you step into the place of prayer, what you come out with is something that brings you closer to your truest dimension. Something that brings you closer to your truest dimension. You don't believe it. And so you don't, you don't step into the place of prayer to do. You don't pray. So it says that in the fatherhood of God, number one is, in, is, is, is you have intimacy. Number two is the provisional dimension of God. Is the provisional dimension of God. How the Bible says that God is the father of all spirits. The Bible says that every everything that is named on this earth is named, is named, is named according to God. Is as the surname is surnamed by God. Is surnamed by God. God is the master, is the Lord of all. So first you have that intimacy, that direct relationship with God, where you are his son, is your father. Number two, you he has that provisional dimension. The provisional dimension, how that is our the Bible says our father. Who is in heaven? The heavens as high heaven is high above the earth, who supersedes the earth, the heaven produces lords over the earth. And the third thing about, about the fatherhood of God is the instructional dimension of God, is the fact that he's instructive. He's instructive. He's instructive. So in thinking about Haba father, right? Um, most people think that Abba is just is just is just Haba, like. Haba is just father. And I was reading something over the course of the week, and this man was saying that he traveled to Israel, and then when he got to Israel, he was at the airport, and a son was washing his hands. And, okay, father, the, the father asked the son to wash his hands. And then um, 
the son came as in he actually moved towards the thing to wash his hands and his father told him that anytime i tell you to do something what you should say to me is yes abba so i mean he just threw the guy into confusion like, okay why are you going to say yes abba because what we have known as abba is just intimacy right it's just the fact that you know i call him you know um he has sent a spirit of adoption into us whereby we cry abba father so abba is just you no know, intimacy but it doesn't stop there. So while he was in Israel, he actually did some research and tried to find out what actually Abba connotes. And he now said that, okay, what he found was beyond the fact that, beyond the, the, beyond the intimacy dimension of Abba, there was also the obedience and instructional dimension of Abba. How that for every time you come to God and you recognize God as Abba, what you're saying is, Father, I recognize the fact that, yes, you're my father. I also recognize the fact that whatever you say I would do, I would do. I would do. Because prayer, like I said, prayer is the gap, what bridges the gap between our truest essence in our man and our experience, what we experience on the earth is those three things: revelation, availing, and alignment. And it's so they are so intricately linked that without revelation, you don't even know how to, you don't even have the impetus to step into the place of prayer to pray because you do not believe that whatever it is you're going to pray about is available. The next thing is that even after you have pressed into the place of revelation and availed, you know, you're afraid such that prayer is just a means of exchange. It's a vehicle through which you, you carry whatever it is that you have in that or whatever it is that is resident, whatever capacity it is, whatever ability, whatever um, knowledge, you know, you carry that and you transport it into the earthly realm. But it's also contingent upon how you align yourself. And so that's why Jesus would say that, see, when you're praying and you are offended with anyone, he says, just stop your prayer right there. Don't even bother offering anything. Stop and go back. So because whatever you have availed in the place of prayer can be short-circuited by your conduct, by, by what you hold in your heart, by the state of your heart. Either you are, you are unforgiving, you are holding offense in your heart, you are excessively comparative, you know, you are you, you are you have showed that part in the place of prayer, you are saying that, oh, this person, you're higher than this person, you're better than this person. It says that that alignment must come, must come into play. And those three legs must find itself. So prayer first on the on the on the left on the left hand must link up with revelation, and on the right hand, it must link up with alignment in terms of conduct and the state of the heart. Right, and that is how we actually makes power available. Now, remember, prayer does not create power. There is no power that is created by prayer. Prayer doesn't create the power. Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man is it availeth much. He said it makes power available, and that power is dynamic and it's working. So, what it does is to make power available. It doesn't create the power. It only transports the power from where the power is to where the power is needed, which is on the earth, right? Which is our, our earthly experience, that's what I'm saying, right? So like I said in Matthew 6, Jesus began to say that, see, when you're praying, this is how you must pray. You must pray and say, our Father. And it's in that portal of fatherhood that you have intimacy, provisions, and instruction. And he just speaks to God's love for man, God's capacity as God, and God's righteousness and just attributes. So God would not bypass his righteousness and justice 
just because he wants to avail something for you. You must also align yourself as well to ensure that that prayer is not short-circuited or is not, um, what's it called now, is not limited, is not reduced as it comes, as it, as it, as it uh, translates itself on the earth. Right in your experience, and that's in your experience. Whatever it is, you need you need clarity. You need you need you're praying for someone, you're praying for for a situation, you're praying for a set of people. Whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that you need, prayer is a medium of exchange. It's a vehicle that gets itself behind the veil, transports itself behind the veil, takes whatever you need at that particular point in time, and brings it to your earthly experience. But you must believe that prayer can do that. And you must believe that when prayer is going there, there is something that prayer is going to take. There is something that prayer is going to take. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So in the place of prayer, your legitimacy is established. Legitimacy as a son is established. You exceed authority of son. And what follows through is privileges and responsibilities of sonship. Hello? Can you still hear me? Hello? Okay. Thank you, Jola. So, a prayerless believer is aware of the Almighty, is aware of God, but is not assured of God's fatherhood in his life. He's not assured. So, if you Without prayer, you have a lot of revelation. And like Pastor said on Sunday, that is one of the good and bad things. The bitterest thing about our generation is that we have a lot of knowledge. We know a lot about what God can do, but we do not have proof of what God can do. So we we, we know a lot about what God can do. You know, we exchange revelation knowledge, we exchange rema, but we do not press, we do not layer on that knowledge the availing power, the availing power of prayer and the availing effect of prayer. So it's it's in that place of prayer that a believer is not just aware, it doesn't just remain aware of what can what God can do, but is assured of what God can do and he can he has proof of what God can do in his life. He sees his life is laced with different dimensions and different um, interventions of the Godhead and the power of God in his life. His life is laced with so many, so many. A, a, a praying believer has so many monuments of God's intervention in his life because he has pressed into what God has availed and he has aligned himself accordingly as well. So a, a Christian that is prayerless operates under an orphan dispensation. He operates under an orphan dispensation. What you're trying to say is that you don't have a father. So that's why you're, you're, you're prayerless. You're not, you're not praying because you do not recognize the fatherhood of God in your life. You do not recognize the fact that he has now pulled you close. You do not recognize the fact that he has provided for you. And you do not recognize the ability to give you instructions and to call you to, your, to order. You do not recognize those three dimensions in your life. So although you are not orphaned in your essence, but you, 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 you subject yourself to an orphan dispensation. Because you act as if you are without God in this world. You don't pray. Um, like Pastor will say, you wake up in the morning, you go through an entire day, and you do not have interface with your God, with your Father. You do not interface with Him in any way. You do not press into your truest dimension. Right. So that's one thing. 
The second thing that I believe the Holy Spirit will want us will, uh, want us to learn tonight is, and it also flows on um, it flows on the back of the fact that prayer is an aligning factor, the align the aligning the aligning leg of the bridge, right? And the fact that prayer is a forerunning concept for for one reason or the other. When Pastor was preaching on Sunday, the Holy Spirit just dropped that thought in my heart: how that prayer is a forerunning concept. And what do I mean by it's a forerunning concept? Bible talks about the fact that in Mark 9, when the disciples were talking to Jesus, and then Jesus said, after, after, um, I think it was after, um, um, yes, after Peter had caught that revelation, Jesus was the son of God in Mark 9. Bible says Jesus began to tell them about things that would happen now that he would die, he raised up. And then they, they asked him, they said that, oh, but they said that the spirit of Elijah, Elijah must first come before the Christ comes. And then Jesus began to tell them and said that, oh, but Elijah had already come and was speaking of John. So when you go to look, and this is what um, the Holy Spirit said to me, what I heard in my spirit so clearly, is the fact that prayer must all, is always a prelude to the supply of the, of the Spirit. It's always a prelude to the, the invasion of, of Christ. And when I say Christ now, Christ in our lives, in our in our attendant experience on the earth. And what do I mean by that? When you go to Luke 3, so when you go to Luke 3, the Bible says that in the 15th, oh, sorry. Um, um, I think, yeah, sorry, Luke 3, from verse 4, he says that, okay, from verse 3, he says, and he went into all the regions around the Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book, the word of Isaiah the prophet, the, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, saying, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill brought low, the crooked places shall be made straight, the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So what he was saying, what what I understood by this is that if Elijah doesn't come, like the disciples said, Elijah has to first come before Christ can be revealed. So prayer has to prelude the supply of the Spirit, the deliverance of any saint, any delivering, any delivering factor that we see in 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 the experience of a saint on earth, right? So it's a forerunning concept. And what does that mean when you read the book of John? Look what we saw in Luke. Bible says that it's not just about the movement of the mouth. It's not just about acting Christian. Because Luke began to tell them, John began to tell them, Luke, he began to say, you brood of vipers, what have you come to see? He says that begin to bear fruit, worthy of repentance. Um, I apologize. It just give me one minute. I need to, I need to, I need to just give me one, one minute. We can, we can just, we can just start, we can just be speaking, um, in tongues and just praying in tongues. Just give me one minute. I apologize. Let's just do as um, Pastor Inka has said and just pray in tongues. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Amen. So, prayer is a forerunning concept. It has to prelude the supply of the Spirit. And prayer being a forerunning concept is the fact that it's the alignment side of prayer. How that, like John was saying in, in Luke 3, he says that brood of vipers who want you to flee from the wrath to come says therefore be worthy of repentance so you find that there is a a I, I remember there was a time in my undergraduate where um i you know i i i i, I was friends with him and then we were you know we used to pray together and all of that and one of the things I noticed, I had to come out and just, because this person was a bit senior to me, and but I was just saying that we would pray together. And I, in my own prayer, prayer, prayer experience, or in my experience of prayer, what I noticed is that after I pray, I receive convictions, corrections, you know, I, I just receive all of all these things. And it was funny to me because, although in retrospect, I can say I was, comp I was comparing, but it was just funny to me how that this other person, and I had to come out to the person and just stylishly, and I just, you know, I just wondered that I just believe that in place of prayer, a man of prayer is a man that receives conviction, rebuke, you know, alignment, correction, you know, before he can see the outflow, outworking of this power of the spirit in his life. Like he has to just align himself. And I just said it to this person, you know, because I, I just found it funny that there were some things that I was seeing that for me, it was not driving in my head because I was like, okay, you had to have received correction about this thing in the place of prayer. Like that—that that was what I—that was what I just believed in my head, because because that was my experience. So I just I just imposed it on him to, to say, you have, haven't you received the correction about this thing in the place of prayer? You know, haven't you received any sort of conviction, any sort of alignment, any sort of rebuke from the Holy Ghost in the place of prayer so that you can correct this thing? You know, so it, prayer is a foreign concept. That is how prayer forms the move of the spirit. Is that before all flesh would see the glory of God in your life, prayer avails the power and he also aligns you, he aligns your, your conduct, he aligns your heart, he aligns your state of mind, he aligns the way you think, he aligns the way you behave, so that you can carry the same way your spirit can, can host the Holy Spirit. Your experience can also host the move of God. So prayer is a forerunning concept. And the third thing I want to share with us is that number three, prayer crisscrosses every every spectrum of human emotion. I saw this in James five, where James started to say that, see, if any of you you are afflicted, let him pray. Sometimes we find that whenever we go through discouraging moments, we think it's time for it goes two ways. Some people when they are discouraged is when they go and pray. They go and pray because they just they are not aware that something is missing in their life. So they go and pray. For some people, when it's when they have abundance. So those people that pray when they have 
when they have when they are in when they are in seeming lack or when they are lacking very visible to them but they 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 don't pray when things when they have a lot of things when it looks when it seemingly looks to them like things are complete and they don't need any other things they, they receive the fullness of the experience so they don't need any other I apologize calls keep coming can you still hear me yes ma we can hear you sorry i apologize that i'm asking this often because someone keeps calling person is not late so um prayer crisscrosses every or every spectrum of human emotion no matter what it is you're going through there is no human emotion that should shut you out of prayer it's not when you are very low in your moments that you then say, okay, that is the time to pray. Or when you're very high in your moments, that is the time to pray. Prayer crosses everything. So James 5 says, is anyone afflicted? Let him pray. He says, is any man, you know, is any man happy? He says, let him rejoice. It is also a form of prayer, prayer of thanksgiving. He says, is any man sick? He says, let him gather the elders, let them pray, because the prayer of faith will save the sick. And it's on the back of that that he then began to talk about Elijah and how the spirit of prayer and supplication and the example that we find in Elijah. So prayer crisscrosses every form of human emotion. No matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what it is that you're experiencing, in your happy moments, pray. Babu says that we pray without season. Paul says that he wishes that every man everywhere will lift up holy hands, will pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. You should always pray. You should always pray. I think Jesus also said it. We should, we should, we should always pray. We ought to always pray and never fit. So we should always pray. Prayer crisscrosses every form of human emotion. No matter what it is they are going to, when you feel confused, pray. When you feel happy, pray. When you feel weak, pray. I remember there was a day that I was supposed to um, I was supposed to pray with a set of people, and before then I was feeling so weak and so tired. I was feeling really feverish, and I was just on the brink of sending them a message and saying, "You know what? Please, can we can we close, can we postpone this prayer session, or can we can we just cancel it and reschedule it?" So, and I just felt the correct person to we'll pray with them. Go and you pray with them. And when I started praying with them, after I finished praying, you know. I was supposed to sleep and but I just carried on because I was so strengthened in the face of prayer. I received more strength. I, I noticed at the at that the point at which that exchange happened, where I just feel so strong. I just felt so strong rather in the place of prayer. So no matter what it is that you're going through, pray about it. If you're sad, you just lost something that you thought you won, pray about it. Pray about it. If you're, if you're so happy about something, pray about it. Just just pray. Someone said, somebody just type, type, just pray, type, just pray, just pray. Anything that you're going through, just, just pray. Hallelujah. Just pray. No matter what it is you're going through, no matter what it is, no matter what it is. There was a time that I was going through a, a time in my life and it was, just, I was just getting a lot of, a lot of bass, 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 bass. And I just said, God, what is what, what's happening now? And I took a scripture and I just started praying. I just started praying. And I received encouragement in the place of prayer. Not to say that after I came out of that place, I just got a yes immediately. But I received some strength that can only be afforded by by the by what by the fullness of the inner man. I received some strength, some encouragement that can only come. Nobody else could encourage me. 
nobody else nobody i not get encouragement from anybody else it's only in that place that i could get that encouragement and i was just happy i was not ready to go again i was ready to go on and keep at it hallelujah so prayer crosses crosses every form of human emotion and the last thing um so i'll just be sharing with us the thing to do the things that praying people don't do you know praying believers don't do and we we, we see that in Matthew six and the first is that prayer is not prayer, prayer is not theatrics. Right? Prayer, prayer is not prayer is not theatrics. It's not um it's not it's not theatrics. It's not it's it's intense. It is it's a secret thing to do. So Jesus began to say, don't be like the Pharisees who go who go who, who just walk around in the synagogue and just pray that they want people to hear them. He says prayer you he says, but you, when you pray, he says, go into your secret place. He says, shut your eyes. Now, when you translate that, what, what is happening today, it's not that um, don't pray in open places. Of course, like Pastor Peace taught us last week, you know, don't go about in your workplace, on your bench, when you're supposed to be typing a document, say, labagash, talaba. You know, have you done the document? No, labagash, no, no. So that's not, that's, that is, that's not what we're saying. But it seems that when you pray, Go to the secret place. Don't pray. Don't waste moments of prayer by praying superficially. Don't waste moments of prayer by praying without connecting to that 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 secret place behind the veil. Even if what you have is two minutes of prayer, ensure that you are shutting your eyes. You are beholding something in the place of prayer, and you are praying. You are praying from a place of revelation. Don't just don't just blow in prayer don't just say you know they they they, they pat themselves in the back because they've prayed like in five hours but they did not connect connect in the place of prayer one of the things that god has given us is our mind our mind is this to our imagination so sometimes you pray in tongues and you do not you cannot you cannot envision what you're saying, but you envision the promise that you're praying. You can envision what you're praying about. So, for example, you want to pray healing for someone. Don't just allow your mind wander about. Just be thinking about one about you want to cook tomorrow or one soup that you want to cook the next day. No, tune your mind into the person. Tune your mind into seeing how the person will be healed, how the person is saved, how the person is standing. You know, the thing maybe lying on the. How the person has stood up. How the person is walking. Tune your mind. For example, you're praying about Nigeria. Shut your eyes and pray close your eyes think about nigeria think about the fact that IP is growing think about the fact that when we go into a nation people are so happy to receive us think about the fact that we are now leading companies in nations just engage your mind engage your mind when we connect enter into the secret place press into the place that is behind the veil and pray Connect, connect. And the Bible says that the God that sees you in secret, he sees your fervency. Remember, the Bible says in James 5, how that the prayer that avails much is the actual fair prayer. When he began to when he began to explain that the snapshot of that was that the Bible says Elijah put his head in between his thighs and he began to pray. And one, one thing I learned from there is that he closed his eyes to the temporal world. He closed his eyes to what was temporal. Because if he had opened his eyes and he saw that, ah, I'm praying, ah, this rain for the day, I'm praying, this rain is not for the day. He went to doubt in his heart. But the Bible says he closed his eyes and put his head in between his thighs. He began to imagine and envision the eternal thing that he was praying about, such that those things began to create themselves in the natural. 
that was how it came to me. That was picture that came to me. That when you close your eyes and you shut your eyes to pray and you engage fervency and effectiveness in the place of prayer, just envision those eternal things. Envision those things that you're praying about. Envision you becoming stronger. Envision you, if you're praying about community, envision them receiving the light of God's word. Just envision, just envision. Engage your mind in the place of prayer. Engage your mind. Engage your mind. The second thing, prayer must be done without, the prayer must be done without offense. Prayer must be done without offense. Please don't, don't, don't. Even if you're offended at someone, genuinely go and pray about, pray for that person in the place of prayer. Even if you're offended, even if you're offended, it's okay to say, Father, this person wronged me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to surrender that offense to you because there is nothing I can do about it. Because genuinely there is nothing, you cannot, you cannot be wicked. It's, it's against your, it's against your nature to be wicked. So there is no need to carry, because you cannot do anything about your offense anyways. Righteously, not do anything about your offense. So just receive someone that can do something about it and just let it go. Because no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what unforgiveness you are holding in your heart, you can't, that person cannot suffer from the unforgiveness you are holding in your heart. If anything, the unforgiveness is a stumbling block to your own prayer. It's a stumbling block to the person's own prayer. The person is going to get recompense of whatever you've done. The unforgiveness and the offense is a stumbling block to your own prayer. Not the person's own, not the person's own life. It is your own prayer. So you need to put offense aside and unforgiveness aside when you pray. Hallelujah. So just going to, I think that that that's all. That's all the Holy Spirit will have us learn, and I believe God will have us learn tonight. And so I just want us to go into the place of prayer. And the first thing is that we are going to be taking. I want you to glean a promise. I want you to take hold of one promise. In, in scripture, one thing, if it's something that you have been meditating all through this week, if it's something that the Holy Spirit has just um, brought up in your heart right now, if it's something that, you know, something that you are just, you can just flip into your, 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 your back right now and just seek something. And I want you to, like we said, just engage these faculties, just engage these three different legs, the revelational leg, so pick a revelation. And I want you to start praying. Um, we can unmute our mics and just start praying. Just start praying concerning that promise. Just start praying and engaging, engaging with promise. Hallelujah. You can go ahead. Go ahead and unmute your mic and just go ahead and pray. If you want to pick Corinthians or Colossians 1 verse 9, pick first Corinthians 3. If you're someone that you're experiencing weakness where you are right now, just begin to declare strength over your life. Just begin to declare strength that you have strengthened by the power of the Spirit resident in your in man. You are strengthened. No longer weak. You are no longer weak. You are strong. If you want to pray over someone, you want to pray over, over a friend that is weak, a friend that is going through a difficult time, Go ahead and start to pray. Marik talende le bragadosha, ratatu inende li peke suzu bragadosha, mangeli breketi si tele bragadosha, ratatu uzi frene na hot, regedi geli bragadosha, kalu prakata inende, jebatu fragaga yegele bragade mara, je 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 bata vaya gansi geli bragadosha, Rebacon, Rebacon, the time, 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 the
what to do. We are not confused. In the name of Jesus, man, they live Lord, we declare in the name of Jesus that our eyes open, the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. In the name of Jesus, declare open eyes. In the name of Jesus, open eyes, open eyes, open eyes. I declare no scarcity of revelation knowledge. In the name of Jesus, no scarcity of revelation. We declare in the name of Jesus. Morning by morning, man, the Libro shoot our hear is quickened to hear our sin. In the name of Jesus, our eyes will behold wondrous things out of the Lord. We are aware of what is available to us. In the name of Jesus, man, we are not shortchanged by ignorance. We are not shortchanged by ignorance. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, man, the Jesus, we know what is available. I know what I have. I know what I have. I know what I carry. Man, they rebos attire. I know who I am. Radika libro gosudo yegele peroj. Rapa oj brekeli bregedoj. Ragati kekele bregedoj. Jemalu brekenonga bregedoj. Frenenenos jemeli kaya galabregedoj. Rabas uzi kele bregedoj. Ragata kalabogo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Um, in closing, I want to remember just one thing you should take out, out of tonight's meeting is that prayer always stands in the middle. Prayer lays hold of revelation. So you cannot pray, you cannot pray without reading the word of God. You Babu says that we have this confidence. When we pray, we have this confidence that he hears us because we pray according to his will. Whenever we pray according to will, we know he hears us. We don't need to ask him that God, can you hear me? As long as I pray according to his will, which is found in his word, I know he hears me. And if I know, if God can hear me, I have what I have asked of him. If God can hear me, I have what I ask. But the only way he can hear me is when I pray according to his will. So prayer always stands in the middle. He lays all revelation to access the Father's provision, but he also acquires alignment to transfer that power into our earthly experience. Hallelujah. Open the access that you guys were blessed. Um, Heavenly Father, we Absolutely. thank you. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for the enablement that we have received and empowerment. Thank you, Father, for the strength that we have received tonight. And thank you, Father, because it continues. And then we are established in this presence in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Powerpoint Tribe.